Hey everybody, Matt Camp here with Deal Machine. Uh, we're proud to team up with Tom Zeeb here to give you guys a ton of free stuff. So our goal here is to give you the free toolkit to get out there and start finding off-market deals. Um, we're proud to say we're the highest rated and most reviewed app out there to go find off-market deals. And we've had over 10,000 deals done using the Deal Machine app. Now, when you download it, you can get it for free at tomzeeb.com slash dealmachine, and you'll get a seven-day free trial with that. And jumping into Deal Machine, you'll be able to go out there, start driving for dollars, start pulling lists, start finding the most motivated sellers in your market. And then you can start marketing to them directly. You can skip trace, you can send them postcards, you can knock on their door. There's a variety of things that we can help you out with using our technology. And then from there, you can actually evaluate the deals, You know, comp it, use our AI assistant to help you out there as well. You really get the full toolkit to go from you know having no real estate experience to landing your first deal using technology. So it's tomzeebcom slash deal machine for that free trial. With it, if you go through that link, you're going to get $30 free in marketing credits that cover a couple hundred free skip traces or 50 free postcards, give you everything that you need to start reaching out to sellers. So um, get out there and happy deal finding. It was the week of closing. If you can believe this, he called and threatened the attorney's office. He was coming in with his assault rifles. Oh, don't nice. call the police. Don't do anything. We're, you know, I'm going to, I'm taking everybody out. I'm blowing up the place. And so my son calls the attorney and he says, hey, listen, just so you know, I think we have a problem. Welcome to the Get Traction podcast. If you were ready to learn exactly what it takes to become a real estate entrepreneur, this is the show for you with your host, founder of Traction Real Estate Mentors and president of the Traction Real Estate Investors Association, Tom Zeeb. Welcome back. Tom Zeeb here. Looking forward to sharing this week's episode with John Campbell. John is a student of mine operating in both New Jersey and South Carolina. And I'm super excited to share his story about how he's broken through and moving ahead massively and how he's turned it into a family business with his kids as well. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with John. John Campbell, welcome to the program. How are you? Great, Tom. Thanks for having me on. So you know, as you know, I'm a real estate investor here in uh, the Cape May, New Jersey area. We also invest in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I have my son's kind of work in that market down there and I bounce back between the two, but we work mostly South Jersey. And so thanks to you and your rapid cash generator workshop, it's been just the the tips we've picked up there and just been applying. It's been amazing. You know, we had a a good year, believe it or not. You know, I I hear you hear a lot of different things, but I think if you just stay focused and, and just do the work, you get the results. And it's amazing, right? You have a good year, even through the COVID year. So tell me, it's been about a year and a half since we met, since you joined my program. What's What kind of deals have you been doing in that time, John? So we've done some um, we've done some rehabs, done some wholesale deals. We've purchased a couple of rental properties, and we're getting ready to start our first new construction, which happened to come about through some deals we were looking at as wholesales. The one thing we learned is to have multiple exit strategies, you know, figure out what works. Sometimes, you know, a deal that looks like a deal may not be a deal for one strategy, but it is for another, you know? So we've kind of, we passed, you know, we had, we passed on a couple because we weren't sure. And then, you know, listen, we had to get a little more resourceful during these times. There's so much competition out there right now that just kind of had to attack things from a different angle. And we're doing some things that looks like it's going to work. And, it's been working and we're just, you know, kind of feeling our way, but just keep applying the pressure. 
Awesome. Well, let's break. I want to talk more about competition in a minute, but let's break some of those deals down first. So at one point you had emailed me in advance of here saying you were on track to hit the six figure mark in about eight months time, 10 months time. Is yep, the- 10 months. Yep. Yep. So it was right at just about the end of the year. I think it was right before Christmas actually. And uh, we had some things lined up. We ended up closing out 192,000 for that first year. Nice. So, and you know, it, it's funny. I kept hearing my sons, you know, who are dying to get to a live event with you, you know, and we <laughs> promised to do that. And then, you know, a couple of hurdles, but we're going to get there. So they heard me saying things, but they weren't really quite sure where it was coming from, you know? Uh-huh. And so I kept hearing like, find the deal, make the deal, close the deal. And the thing that I, I remember you saying is, you know, you can go through those steps, but until you actually close it, you don't get paid. So right. the whole goal here is to get paid, right? And sounds simple enough, but, you know, I, I think it would be easy to, you know, you get the deal, you get it under contract and be like, oh, okay, let me put my feet up, let everybody else do the work. But we found, and I'm sure a lot of other people found that that's not so. So the work started when we actually thought we were just about completing it, you know. Uh-huh. So our first deal, our first deal came from a, a bandit sign. and the sellers, it was a uh, father and son team, you know, the son called us and he said, you know, my, my father's not, not doing so well, his health's fading, you know, I want to be able to take care of him, but move in with us, you know, we want to sell our house, you know, can, will you come take a look at it. So we set up an appointment a couple of days later, we went looked at the house, and, you know, we did the old, uh, you know, went through the motions and it was one of those where we were looking to take it on as, you know, it was what was like, we can rehab this and, and, you know, make it look nice. And then yep. we bought the contract and we started looking at, you know, all the possibilities and we said, well, maybe this is bigger than we want to take on right now. So let's come up with a wholesale strategy. It was also part of our negotiating technique was to say, Hey, we offered them a price and it was a little bit lower than they wanted. And, you know, so we tried coming up, we got to their bottom line. And I said, listen, that, that doesn't work for us. He said, let me talk with my dad. You know, so they went through a couple more days and they weren't going to budge. So I said, listen, we thought about it. And I said, that number doesn't work for us, you know, with our strategy, but give us a little bit more time. We'll change our strategy. We can make it work and we'll move this house for you. So he said, sounds great. So, so that's, we. so instead of looking at it as a rehab, we just did it strictly as a wholesale. By the end of the week, we had it under contract. We were getting a $15,000 assignment fee on that. And everything was good to go until the day before closing. Of course. <laughs> drama <laughs> earlier, drama late. Yeah. And all that rang true. I remember you talking about it, you know. So <laughs> the day before closing, we got a phone call from the son. Said my father passed away last night. Oh, jeez. And we're like, wow, okay, now what? But now the buyers are, you know, our buyers are ready to go. They're, they got contractors lined up. They're ready to get in there. And, you know, everybody's panicked. It's going to take, take a year to get this done, what have you. Fortunately, because of all my, you know, probate's one of my favorite campaigns, you know, so I spend a lot of time down the court. I, I was spending a lot of time down in the courthouse, you know. So yeah. I have a contact in the surrogate's office. I called down to her spoke with her and she said, listen, give me the name, give me the address, you know, what have you, and we'll work on expediting this. So from the time I got his call to the time we actually closed was two days later. 
I walked in through. She got all the paperwork lined up. She said, have him come in after hours. It'll be sitting here in this mailbox for him. You know, helped him with all the paperwork. And we closed two days later. So that was the old get paid kept coming in my head, you know. Yep. It ain't over Um, till it's over. You can't rest. You know, you can't back off. You can't rest on your laurels. You've got to. uh, It ain't over till the checks cleared the bank. Yes. So there's a yes. vigilance need the whole time. But I mean, fantastic. We able to get that done in two days because that's almost a Herculean effort because a lot of people it get derailed. Amazing. Some people get derailed the first sign of trouble, but that's not exactly a small problem. So well done. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's what I, I'm like, who, who's going to help me with this? And I, I call the surrogate, you know, and she's like, we'll get it done. No, no big deal. We'll take care of everything. So it was great. That's going to happen. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, not bad. Now, that was, what month was that in? That was in, I want to say it was late. So that was the other chat. It was late December, early January. So it was probably right around, it was like Christmas, New Year's, you know? Okay. So that's the other thing, you know? In the midst of COVID, Christmas, New Year's. Yep. 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 Where a lot of people are off on vacation, you know? So we persisted and we got that one done, you know? Awesome. Um, now, was, I'll, t- I'll tell you, smashing out. You know, you were saying you're hoping to hit six figures in a year. You wound up doing almost uh, double that, not double six figure, but double, you know, you know, we'd say about 190. 192 in a year. Yep. For last year. Yeah. Fantastic. So tell us about some of those other deals. That was a $15,000 wholesale fee in the midst of COVID having to scramble at the last minute to save it from the, the fact that the owner had passed away. What other uh, deals have you done? And you told me about some other wholesale deals you had with some pretty hefty fees too. another 30 or 15. Yep. Yep. So we did. I'm trying to think on this one here. We had, I got a call from one of our mailers was absentee owner Mm -hmm. and spoke with the seller. She said, you know, Hey, again, it was kind of an area that I wasn't. And it's funny. I was a little slow on the uptake on this one because it was an area that we weren't really looking to do too much investing in, you know? And so during the conversation, I said, okay, listen, you know, I'll take a look at this. We'll look at the numbers. I'll check the property out. And while we're doing it, do you have any other properties that you might be interested in selling? And she said, matter of fact, it happened to be, you know, in a town not far from where I'm at now on the bay. So I had water views that had been her property manager didn't uh, winterize it one year. And so the pipes broke. And so the distress came, the mold, you know, the whole deal. And so I said, well, listen, I'll give you, we'll take a look at both of them. And we ended up kind of flip-flopping the numbers a little bit. I I went a little bit more than, I think we went 10,000 over because it was, I knew at this point there was a little bit of competition, you know, there was some other people. So she'd gotten some other offers. So I said, listen, we'll buy both properties. You know, they're only offering to buy one. We'll give you 10,000 more than we told you, but the other property is not as attractive. So we're going to have to reduce the price on that a little bit. So I added 10 here and lowered it by 10 on the other end, you know? So it's the same amount. Yeah, yeah. So it costs us. But it sounds a lot better. Yeah, yeah, right. And she's like, you know, I like you. It came down. She goes, I like you. We've talked. I trust you. And you're going to take both properties off my hands. So it just, it only makes sense for me to do the deal with you. So that was about as good as it got. And so I heard that little voice again, you know, make the, find the deal, make the deal. Close the deal. So 
<laughs> the little Tom Z voice that just keep, yeah, keeps yeah, going. Just, I see you right here on my shoulder. No. <laughs> I my hope I'm on the are, angel side. <laughs> I, that's right. My sons are a little more intrigued now because they're like, here we go again. You know what's happening. So the lady ended up being a doctor. She was disabled. Okay. The, the one property was in, it was her old doctor's office. She had an apartment upstairs okay. uh, doing some research. We found out that it was currently a duplex. We could turn it into a triplex. Okay. Set everything up, you know, through the town. Everything was good. The, the place on the bay we looked at, you know, as, you know, if you tore it down and built, no, that's all they're, they're tearing them down and building monsters out there, you know. So, yeah. uh, so we had some good numbers for that. And uh, we ended up closing on the one on the bay. We got a 20, I think it was, we were looking for 25,000 on that. We ended up getting 22,000 on that assignment fee. And then the one that we weren't really interested in, we picked up another 15 on that one. So <laughs> it was good, you know. So you wholesale both, one for 15,000, one for 22,000 from yep. the same seller that you got. You said, what was the source yeah. on her? That was, um, that was a, an absentee owner mailer. There we go. So, like I said, that was as easy as that one got. Getting that one to close in was a little bit. So the doctor was disabled. She wasn't the best at answering the phone. It took us probably 30 days longer to get that deal done than we okay. anticipated. You know, 29, 30 days, somewhere in there. And, and we were afraid we were going to lose it because she just wasn't responding, you know. Yeah. And then like the 11th hour, she wanted to just get rid of it. This one was interesting because she was supposed to have somebody clean the place out. You know, she had some things in there that she wanted and she wasn't willing to give it up until her things were out. She didn't know when somebody was going to come help her. So I said, don't worry about that. So my wife and I rented a U-Haul, uh-huh. went over, we cleaned the place out, delivered it and closed the next day. And I think that's so- worth uh, moving some things and getting a U-Haul, right? Yeah. You so know, that- the legal term you know, that vacant and broom clean, they're supposed to deliver the property vacant and broom clean. Most of the time I say, forget about broom clean. I could care less. Just be out of it. Give it to me vacant. If you want anything, we'll get it to you. You could always hire somebody or you go do it yourself. Just get, get the stuff out tell them what it is and go because who's going to make, who's going to move mountains more than you, right? You and your wife, you went and you got it done where if you were sitting around waiting for her, I mean, she's not going to go get it herself if she's disabled. So she's going to have to send somebody. And sometimes people are just slow getting things done. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, answering the phone, we were hoping it was going to close. It was set to close on a Monday. This was Sunday morning. She called and she said, listen, I I didn't get my stuff out. I don't have anybody. (laughs) I said, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of it. I'll have it to you by this afternoon. Yep. So, you know, like I said, we rented and then I treated my wife to lunch, you know, she said, <laughs> I think hey, that was a fair, that was a fair trade. <laughs> she said, for 15,000, I guess we'll change our plans on Sunday. You know, uh, that was good. That one got interesting though. We actually closed the deal and we got paid. So it was interesting. I'm trying to think how this whole thing, basically I, unbeknownst to me, I didn't personally know who the buyer was. You know, I never met them. Our title agent works closely with us. He, you know, he sent me a message, great guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everything went smooth. I'm like, okay, good. By midweek, he told me the check had bounced. And I said, what oh, do you geez. mean the check had bounced? So he took a personal check and the guy was, I think, 28,000 short on the purchase. And so it got a little bit hairy there. So it was back on the phone. You know, we worked it out. He ended up bringing in another partner. We got the deal done, you know, because he said, listen, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to have to cancel all the checks. 
the deal's not done. So we ended up fixing that too. And I said, please don't take any more personal checks from people. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised. Now, wait a minute. Where did this buyer come from then? It, he was from, coming from the North end. We did just a marketing campaign. We found him online, okay. you know, did everything, you know, basically virtually sent him some pictures, what have you checked everything out. And yeah, no, everything was good except for the money that he was short 28,000, you know, yeah, being 28,000 short, it's a small problem. Now, did you, when, you know, I teach you to check the buyers out and ask for the bank statements, make sure they've got the money in the bank. So, you know, that qualifies them to move ahead. Did you do that on this one? So, yeah. So he had the money initially and I guess he had overspent, you know, he yeah. bought a couple other properties. And so, so we got that worked out too, but it was, okay. I'm like, so second deal, <laughs> we close and we still had to go back and do a little more work to, to wrap yeah. it up. No, well, you know, buyer control is such a big part of the deal. And these are the obvious reasons why if you're as a wholesaler, you're relying on somebody else to fund the money. So yeah, it's incumbent on us to check, cross check, make sure that we've got control over them. And it's, you know, the sooner you can get them certified funds into escrow, the better. Yeah. Yep. So lessons there, you know, lessons <laughs> along the way. There's always lessons. That's the fun it, part. Yeah. You know what I was going to say? When people say, what, what do you, how do you describe it? I say fun, crazy, never boring, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and when you think that it's all done, something else pops up. Yes. So, so, I mean, does that keep you unsettled or do you kind of oddly love that? Ah, yeah. I, I like how you said, uh, oddly love it. You know, you kind of roll with the punches and, you know, I always you know, my, my philosophy is that there's a solution for every problem, you know, so focus yeah. on the solution, forget about the problem, just focus on the solution and figure it out, see who can help with it or what have you, you know, and when it's yeah, all John, done. Some, something I've come to accept in the business is I know there's going to be bumps and roadblocks and there's going to be cra crazy crap starts to fly through the, I mean, just the way it goes, but that's, I view it as that's what I'm getting paid to deal with and manage, but I always look back on it with a smile. Now, in the moment, I might be cursing and I might be angry and it, it's stressful, but that's in the moment. As soon as you get past it, I love having done it sometimes, you know, during the rocky road, but the challenge of having to figure out how to get through those, those roadblocks, those hurdles, those problems that fly up and being able to gain control of them again, that's a skill nobody can ever take away from you because you know how to solve a problem that stays with you forever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and Sometimes I like to think that's the most rewarding piece of it, you know, is yeah. skills and the knowledge you gain while going through that process. You know, I mean, the money at the end is just kind of like the fruit, you know, I mean, yeah. it's nice too, but going through that process and getting that experience and all has been like, I think the most rewarding part for us, you know? Yeah. Cause you almost get the attitude like, all right, come on, let's see what they could throw at me this time. What's right. it going to be now? And then, you know, you know, whatever it is, you're going to overcome it. And then yeah, cash a rather substantial check. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I got another one for you. I think people are going to say, this guy's making this stuff up. You know, this doesn't really <laughs> happen. And I'm waiting for the one that comes that's just, you know, nice and smooth. I don't know if there is such a thing. We found a distressed, motivated seller in South Carolina on a property. It's a pre-foreclosure deal, you know, went out, sent out one of the letters, you know, for the pre-foreclosure, targeting the pre-foreclosures. And, um, Everything was smooth as can be. You know, we, we locked him in on a price. I think we figured the assignment fee was going to be about 27000 Everything was going good. And 
in the meantime, from the time we got it under contract and we started marketing it, it was right about, I'm trying to think now, this was, I think it was probably middle to end of February when we started, you know, talking with him and, you know, the market was turning, you know, everybody was coming in with cash over asking on every deal, you know, it was definitely seller's market at that point, you know, and so calls and says, yeah, no, we're, so my son was helping on this one because he's down in South Carolina. He was doing most of the, you know, the talking and the back and forth uh, with the seller. So he reached out for me. He said, we have a problem on this deal. And I said, what's going on? He said, uh, a realtor reached out to him and said, how much are they going to give you? I can get, I'll put it on, I'll have it sold 50,000 more than that in no time. Yep. So I said, you told him we have a contract, right? He said, I went through that with him. I said, I told him we're good. We're closing on this. You know, the date's set. Everything's prepared. You know, we'll see you at closing, basically. And uh, there was some pushback and what have you. So a couple of nights later, my son said, we have, I think we have an issue. And I said, what's the issue? He said, he sent me the contract back. It's highlighted, you know, what have you. And there's uh, a couple clauses now that he wants to exercise that allows him to get out of the contract. So hmm. I remember classroom discussions you tried it everywhere right and so i said send me a copy of the contract that he sent you so i start reading it and I, you know I, I looked at the highlighted areas and it was and i said this isn't the contract we use uh-huh. so he fabricated his own contract and you know put in <laughs> the, the signatures the whole you know made up a whole different contract the seller did the seller Okay. Basically saying, you know, yep, nope. Based on these couple, I forget what it said, you know, there was some little nuances that would allow him to get out. And I said, send this contract and our contract to the attorney, let him review it. So he said, yeah, they're clearly two different contracts. This guy, you got him, you know, and tell him we're closing, you know, the nice thing, South Carolina. So the attorneys are the closing you know, they represent, they do the title yeah, art, they do it all. So he's like, tell him we'll see him, you know, on closing. So okay. basically we go through that. He hires an attorney, his attorney calls our attorney and says, I told him he's screwed. He's got to close, you know, <laughs> what? So this guy wasn't happy. He's really, he's getting agitated. The longer it goes, we find out the more distressed he's becoming, he's going through a divorce. He's losing everything. His wife was giving him a hard time on the sale price of the house. So along the way, we find out that there were a couple of other liens that cropped up, you know, after we'd gotten it under contract. So it was the week of closing. If you can believe this, he called and threatened the attorney's office. He was coming in with his assault rifles. Oh, Don't nice. call the police. Don't do anything where, you know, I'm going to, I'm taking everybody out. I'm blowing up the place, you know? And so my son calls the attorney and he says, Hey, listen, just so you know, I think we have a problem. And so our attorney, <laughs> Our attorney says, no, he's just bluffing. It's okay. You know, they're used to that. (laughs) So so that's what we're wondering. So this is like, you know, like I said, a few days out, I think it was one or two days now prior, the attorney calls us and says, I think we got to report this guy. And we're like, we told you, you know, so he says, well, let me have a conversation with him. You know, we'll figure. So long story short, by the end, at the end of the day, we worked everything out. By the time the extra liens were paid off and what have you, 
I think we ended up with twelve thousand seven hundred hours out of that deal. You know, okay. so it wasn't the twenty some thousand that we were expecting, but it worked. We paid, helped him out. You know, in the end, it was good for him. It was good for everyone. So, if you think about it, I find it. There's a couple of things there because I've, I've had that before, where suddenly someone says, "Oh, I can get you know an agent comes and promises more, but it's already on the contract," and that's why you use my contracts, the bulletproof, and they're binding, and and that you know, that that locks them in. That we you have the right to market the deal, but you also have control over it versus someone else coming in and say, oh, I'll get you more, but they seem to be forgetting, yeah, they'll get you more, but then you're going to lose just as much in the fees. So yeah. the, what does a guy really walk with? And then you come to find out there's all these extra liens that the word to dangle out there in front of them then is torturous interference because you're not supposed to be interfering in someone else's contract. Someone else has a legally bonded contract. If you interfere in that, it's torturous interference. Not torture like, you know, waterboarding, tort like tort law, torturous. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it was, it was good through all this. My son actually built a pretty good rapport with the seller. You know, he liked him. He hated everybody else, but he liked him. And so, you know, so he, so he put the uh, machine gun down. <laughs> I told him, I said, you know, Hey, at least we know you're going to be okay. You know, <laughs> what about everybody else, you know, everybody else watch your back. <laughs> right. So, so he was able to kind of just kind of string it along and get it there, you know, to the 11th hour. And, you know, once again, was another interesting deal, you know, but we're having fun with all of them. John, that's fantastic. What happened? So before we met, how was your business rolling? So we were kind of just learning, you know, we were figuring out the learning piece. I had done, we'd completed, let's see, what do we do? We had, we purchased two properties. We completed the rehab on one and we're working on the other one, you know, and at the time we met. Yeah. At the time we met. Yep. Okay. I think you have to learn the hard way. At least I do. You know, <laughs> I did everything they told. They're just telling me that because they don't want me to do it. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so we bought two hundred year old, how hundred, hundred and two year old houses, whatever. And so everything that comes with those came, you know, it was everything that the people that told us not to do it said it was going to be. The only thing that saved us on those deals was the market was like slowly on the uptick, you know, when we purchased them. And so, you know, I think on both of them, I think we were just about even on one and maybe made a couple thousand bucks on the other, but gotcha. the lessons that came with it were worth it. You know, I mean, the first one we ended up, you know, was the old don't over improve the properties. And so the city we were in at the time said, listen, you don't have a driveway. And I said, none of these places have driveways. And he said, well, we, actually put a new ordinance into place that any properties that sell now have to have driveways. So I said, that's fine. I'll put a stone driveway. And they said, no, it has to be either blacktop, concrete, what have you. And I said, okay. So we blacktopped that driveway, ended up, the pipes were all shot, you know, for the water pipes, the sewer pipes from the street to the house, you know, we'd completely put all new piping in the house, but it was from the, you know, we had to dig up the, eventually we had yeah. to dig up the yard to the street, all the connections, everything, you know, we'd done it all. So I don't know, you know, there were balloon construction. So there were some other challenges that came with that to bring everything up to code. But we got through that. You know, like I said, everyone was unique. There were things there we hadn't anticipated. And we always say like, now we're like, I don't know if there's anything that we haven't dealt with at this point, but something will come up. I'm confident in that, you know. <laughs> Well, it's pretty good. I mean, you know, you got machine gun sellers and stuff, so I don't know if it's. <laughs> right. 
Everything yeah. might be a little gentler. So, you know, I mean, and, you know, I think, so back to the question of what were we doing before, and I'll tell you the difference. I mean, really, when we went to your rapid cash generator, you walked from the beginning, every step to the end where it just made complete sense. There were no gaps. You know, it was like, okay, I'm here. How do I get here? Right. So you filled in all those gaps, simple, duplicatable, you know, I mean, and you just walk through the process. I mean, basically, like I said, I use that to show my sons and, you know, they're enjoying every minute of it. And, and so that piece of, like I said, finding the deal and getting it through to the close was key. Okay. I mean, probably without those couple of days in that training with you, I mean, who knows if we'd have, you know, closed any of those. I mean, I, I don't know. You, you can't talk to anybody else about it because, you know, this, everybody said this is the seller. What do you do? You know, yeah. and I said, well, I didn't know, but I knew they had to go through the surrogate's office. So, you know, and I just kept, like I said, I kept hearing you say, close the deal, get paid, right? You get paid when you close the deal. And so that was what kept us pushing, you know. And then the other key thing was the marketing. I mean, you know, you said make offers. And once we started doing that, we had deals. It's funny because I go to, you know, I, I do these networking events now and people come and they say, you know, we just can't find any deals, John. And I said, what are you doing? You're not looking. I said, well, we're not really doing anything. And I said, yeah. well, there you go. You're getting the results that you're expecting. You know, I mean, do nothing, get nothing. Yep. <laughs> so, it's a guarantee. It, yeah. So when you joined my implementation bootcamp, it saved the deals that you were currently doing. And then it gave you the ability to expand out because you took the marketing seriously and went and did it. You know, I tell people, you know, do your marketing. When you're in my system, you, you have my kit, you, you have the materials to do the marketing, you have all the direction, you just have to go and do it. And when you did, you find that it works. Yep. Just implement, right? It's all there. Everything's there. And if you're not sure, plug in the flash drive and go through it. And you know what? Even now, like if there's something that we come across, I know it's in there. So yeah. I'm just going to, and I know, you know, which section to look in, you know, whether I'm making the deal, finding the, de you know, you know where to look. And, and now I, I taught my sons, you know, I taught my wife. And so we're looking to, you know, kind of, we've refined that enough now that we're going to bring some other people. And I think to help and let us work in other areas. Like yeah. I said, we're able to find, you know, through marketing, some land in South Carolina, outside Myrtle beach. And we were looking at that as a wholesale and, just through other networking events and connecting with people. We met a real high quality builder through another contact who's become a friend, you know, and so this guy's a machine. He's pumping new houses out every 64 days, you know? Nice. So he, he reached out and he's like, listen, yeah, we can do this, but why don't we just partner on the deal? You guys lock the land down. I'll build the houses and we'll, you know, we'll split the profits in the end. And I'm like, yeah, no. Beautiful, so beautiful how the opportunities come. I love that you're doing it in two separate regions that are, I think, very different from each other. So when you say South Jersey, we're talking Philadelphia, suburban Philadelphia on the Jersey side, right? Well, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, we're an, hour sure? and, we're an hour and a half from Philadelphia. I mean, okay. we're at the bottom tip of South, you know, of New Jersey, you know, Cape May. And so we work, we do most of our stuff here, Cape May and Atlantic County. You know, That's you right. have all the barrier islands, you know, the beach shore towns. And then, you know, we're close enough to the city. And actually, that's a great, you know, source of buyers for us. You know, sure. we have 
you know, people leaving, especially now, right? Leaving the cities and yep, <laughs> going to cool places on the beach. And I love that. I love that you make it into a family business as well. When we have live events coming up soon, it'd be great to uh, meet your sons. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, you know, as are we. So, John, when you were at the event, there was probably a time where maybe you almost didn't. I mean, I, you know, I'm glad you're happy with the ad, but let's think back to when you made a decision whether or not to invest in my program. Was there doubt? Was there a reason that you almost didn't? No, no doubt. Okay. <laughs> Tell you what, uh, you know, so one of our big things, you know, one of my big things is, you know, networking. I love networking. You know, I always, the one, I don't know where I got it from, but I know if I'm sitting in my house, I'm not going to meet anybody and nothing's going to, ch- I'm not going to, you know, nothing changes. You know, they say nothing changes. And so yep. you come home every night, you sit in the house. What do you, you're missing God knows how many opportunities to meet people, make contacts, you know, maybe find deals. And so I think that when I first met you, you were in, in our region for, oh, most of the week. Anyway, you'd been to three or four of the same meetings and, so I went to every meeting and you were there and I heard you talk and it was great. And, you know, I, I heard, I kind of knew where you were going and then maybe picked up on something that I missed, you know, whatever, but I knew without a doubt that we were going to go do this. You know, I said, and, and Susan, she said, no, listen, this is the most thorough explanation of wholesale that we've ever seen, you know? Mm. So we were in, you know, there was no doubt. Matter of fact, the, the, the Saturday morning presentation, we made sure that we were out there first because we didn't want to miss the, the <laughs> at all, you know? So yeah, no, that was great. And, awesome. Yeah. yeah I'm often great. accused of being obsessive compulsive in the training and the way the, way the system's laid out, but there's a reason for that. Like you said, what, you know, whatever you need, it's in there and it's easy to go and find the exact point that, you know, you, the exact point you're at with a question so you can get an answer when you need it. Yep. Yep. It just flows flawlessly. Well, it's been a year and a half. So th- think back. If somebody came to you and was in a similar position, you know, just starting or, you know, maybe a couple deals in, but not totally sure of themselves in the business yet, what advice would the John of today give to the John of a year and a half ago? So always be out there networking, always be marketing, always be learning, and always implement. P- the people you meet are going to help bring deals, you know, or they're going to fill a part of the team, you know, or they're going to lead you to somebody else to help you fill the void you're looking for. You know, I mean, my sons tell me today, they're like, they, they do a lot of the traveling with me. You know, we were out in Arizona a few weeks ago, meeting real estate investors, you know, that, and people come in from all over the country. Anyhow, you know what I mean? To these events. And sometimes in Jersey, you know, I go up to North Jersey and we get a lot of people from New York, Connecticut, met people from California. So, you never know who you're going to meet when you go out to these things, you know, but that, and, and how many times you say, ah, you know, I'm tired or I, I'm just going to stay home tonight. And then you meet somebody that maybe fills one of those voids and you look and you say, man, if I didn't go out yep, and miss this, you know? And so that's my thing. I'm afraid of missing stuff. I want to, you know, I want to be out and I like to be sharing and doing what I can, you know, to, to offer some value. But also I think that's the nice thing is now, you get a good core of, you know, people and everybody helps everybody, you know, everybody leans on each other. You get the support you need. You know what I mean? When times get tough, there's no thought of ever quitting because, you know, you've kind of formed a team, you know what I mean? And and I think that's the key for people. It's just, and and you know what, 
be careful who you surround yourself with, I think is the biggest thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're either going to build you up or tear you down. Yeah, yeah. And if you're talking to people that aren't doing real estate, they don't have a clue what you're talking about. So the only shot you're getting from them is they're knocking you down, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah I'll tell you, it's hard for people because, you know, it's, it, you know, do you have to time? Do I have to completely get rid of my friends and family? No, you don't have to get rid of them, but maybe don't talk about your business with them. They don't get it. And they're almost, it almost instinctively go to a, a negative state about it. So just ignore them, focus on what you want to focus on. That's why it's important to be surrounded. You know, like you said, be surrounded by people that get what you're doing. Never let any, I mean, you heard that there's the old saying about never let anyone who's not done what you want to do, talk you out of it. But anyone who has that they're the only ones allowed to talk you out of it. So yep. basically, unless you're talking with other real estate entrepreneurs, they can't talk you out of it. Only let fellow real estate entrepreneurs talk you out of it. And I highly doubt that they will. Yeah, right. As a matter of fact, now that you're, I think we were talking one up, you know, you met, you likened it to a GPS, you know, like, you know, the GPS doesn't know where it's going until you put it in the first time. You know, so, <laughs> you got to give it a destination. Then right. it'll figure out the way. <laughs> right, right. So it's just like that talking with people, right? So don't talk to people like you're saying, unless they've already been there and done that. Yeah. They're the ones you want to follow, you know. Yeah, because it's just a weird human nature to try to talk somebody else out of it, usually out of their own fears, not even yours. It's weird. So, John, what's, uh, what would you say, what's the single biggest thing that changed? I would say probably the biggest thing was my mindset, you know, just reprogramming, you know, re, I don't even know if reprogramming is just always learning, you know, like I said, that surrounding, you know, we've gotten so busy now that mm -hmm. I spend most of my time with my family, which is who I want to spend my time with anyhow. You know, you know, I talk to my sons, not like it, they're almost 800 miles from here. You know, they yeah. both live in Charleston, but not only do we talk every day, we talk several times a day you know it's almost like they're still here you know because we're talking about the business sure. you know in different things and you know one of them will take a phone call on this so our mind is we're just always focused on and this is the biggest shift for me i think was that we always i shouldn't say always 90 percent of the time we're focused on you know like real estate or businesses or talking to people that have the same interests and it, it's really boring when you get around people now that they don't know what you're, and, and I get it. They're probably bored talking to me too. You know, they don't get it. Um, and, so, you know, I realized there's only so many minutes in a day, you know, how am I going to spend them and who am I going to spend them with? Yeah. So we've kind of limited, like I said, you know, I got the old friend that calls for lunch and not that I don't talk to him, but it, listen, I'm kind of tied up, you know, maybe we'll make this that, you know, because <clears throat> we're working in two different directions, you know? And I think maybe the realization that, that's maybe what took a little bit so long to, to, you know, to get everything moving. And because like you said, the naysayers are there, you know, and the ones that aren't, the, they just don't want to see you do well because they don't want you to leave them behind, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's and, the old, you've heard the crabs in the bucket analogy before. Oh, with right. Yeah. Crabs yeah. in the bucket, the ones on the top try to get out. The ones underneath have no idea what's happening, but they don't want them to go and they, they grab on and hold tight. I, that's one of my favorite analogies, right? Because we're here at the shore. Yeah, and, on the beach. <laughs> you know, crabs, we love eating crabs. And so it's the old, the days of, you know, cooking to put the crabs in the pot. The other ones are pulling them in, you know. Yep. So, yeah, no, that's one of my favorite now. <laughs> and you know what? It's gotten to the point where my son's the same thing. Like, we talk all day about real estate. My son, another deal we have, we're working on right now. It's another thing we learned at one of the events was, was just a, a different take. 
my son was driving her. He was, he was actually on his way to the beach down there in Charleston. And so they take a different route, right? Yep. I'll drive the same roads. So it took a different route, you know. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that in your class. And he was driving one day and great piece of property. It's on the, the, the street of the beach, but it's across the street. It's not, you know, it's not the one that sits on the beach, but across the street. And he said the house was dilapidated, you know, obviously unoccupied. So he took the address down, you know, the old drive and went, enjoyed the beach, skip traced the number when he came home and talked to the the guy owns several of these properties. And he said, you know, listen, I'm just really sitting it on for the land. I, I know what I have and, you know, make me an offer. I don't want to deal with real estate agents. Right. We've heard that before. Yep. And he said, but, you know, this is what I'd like to get. If you can make it work, you know, then I'll sell it to you. So he called me, he was all excited. And, I, you know, one of the other things we learned, we were thinking about it. We're still working on the numbers, trying to, you know, tie down because the, the plan would be to tear it down and build a new house. And we just want to make sure we have the ARV right. And, you yep. know, so, but I said, listen, call him up and, you know, we got some preliminary numbers and we think we can give him the number he wants. And I said, but tell him this. I said, we'll give you the price that you want if you can give us the terms that we need. Uh-huh. And the deal is he's only sitting there. The property's doing nothing anyhow. He's paying taxes on it. So I think we have him talked into holding the property. We'll come up with a document that says, you know, we're partners on this. He'll give us the land. We'll build the house when it sells. We'll give him his money and then we'll walk with our money, you know? Yep. And, and I think that's going to work. And then, like I said, he's got a couple others. So we're going to tackle this one and then maybe, you know, yeah. partner with him, you know, down the road. But when you sit in the house, you miss all these opportunities, you know? Yeah, you got to get out and do something. Everything's real estate, Tom. That's, you know, I, I, I want like to stay focused, you know what I mean? And so no matter what we're doing, we're talking about real estate and, you know, you get people come in, you know, you meet people that want to get rid of properties or, you know, they need money. I mean, everything revolves around a place to live, place to, you know, whether you're selling, buying it, selling it, you need money for it, you know? So it all fits. And I love it. I get up every day, you know, every day. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Half the time, you know, we just almost like lifestyle by design at this point, you know, that's a big piece of the puzzle. And it's a, I'll tell you what's been interesting, John, during COVID is how many people have gotten a taste of an entrepreneurial lifestyle but they're not entrepreneurs, but they still want the lifestyle and they don't want to go back to the office. But it's, it's, well, you know, folks, if you want to lock that in, you've got to make it happen on your own. And real estate's a perfect spot for that. There, there's other options, but, you know, yeah. I, I think you'll agree with me. Real estate's the best way of doing it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, I don't know if there's any bigger paydays, to be honest, you know, yeah. if there are, I haven't come across them yet, you know, but yeah, no, the networking just, you never know where the next deal is going to come from or the next person that's yeah. going to help you, you know? So yeah, I think yep, you got to get out there and stay active. What do you got planned for the next year? So what you've, so, you've absolutely smashed the last year and a half fantastically. So are you going to hit, you think the next 12 months, double that? I mean, our, make our, about goal, the same? our goal is to, just to be honest, I mean, listen, if we miss it, that'll be okay. But that's our goal. We have, Right now, I'm trying to think, uh, we're working on this, and, and it all came from marketing, and, you know, like I said, just, we had the wholesale and mindset going in, but we've kind of just 
broaden that to see whatever works. And so yeah, you've got options now for exit strategies. So wholesale, yeah. great. Rehab, great. Buy and hold, great. It's it, again, you know, different people depending where you're at, but you're at the point now where any of the exit strategies open up to you. Yeah. Yep. We have a couple deals we're working on right now. It could be a wholesale or a, you know, rehab is, you know, we have to get, you know, and most of them. So most of our deals, we either get through probate, which is my absolute favorite, you know, mm-hmm. I think, and almost it goes hand in hand, at least for me in this area at, well, absentee owner, right? Because yeah. usually it's the kids that inherit it and they already have their own home and some of them can't afford, you know, to pay for that much less the house that mom and dad left them or mom or dad, whoever yep. with all the bills that come with that and the stress situation. Right. So yep. I find that those to be, you know, the most profitable and then, you know, because well, what you don't have to worry about people moving out, you know, they're already out and, and all they're looking for, you know, they're happy to get a little bit of cash, but they're just happy to not be paying for it. It's, you know, it's a liability for them at this point. Right. Yeah. So, you're relieving the burden of even having to deal with it. That's the biggest payout to them, more so than the cash. Yep. Nope. You're right. And and then the absentee owners, you know, are great. Those, those are our two biggest, I think, are, you know, well, and, and never mind out-of-state out absentee owners. You know, I mean, well, better, that's even, you know, that's right behind probates for me, you know, because, you know, one of the deals we did was the, the sister lived in um, Philadelphia and the other sister was from North Carolina. Nobody was traveling, you know, you know, I met with them a couple of times. It was the old, we're not ready yet. We still have some things we want to get out of there. And I'm like, that's fine. We're not in a hurry. You know, it was yeah. part, that's <laughs> the benefit of doing business with us, you know? And so it ended up within like six weeks, they came down, we got, you know, got it under contract, renovated it, sold it. And I think we made just over 92,000 on that, you know? Fantastic. So, so it, yeah, so it's great. We're having fun. So next year we have, from now moving forward, we're looking at finalizing uh, s- some contracts on 28 new builds in the just out Myrtle Beach areas, you know, outside Myrtle Beach in, in yep. South Carolina. A couple properties outside of Charleston. You know, one, one was the one I was telling you about with the teardown. And then we're working on, like I said, a couple here that are probates, just waiting to kind of catch up with. Uh, we, we spoke with the seller. He has a job where he's on the water a couple of weeks. So once he gets back, we'll meet. We'll work on the contract on that. And yeah, just gotcha. Well, you, well you were, you're working my two favorite lists, absentee owners and probates. Were you working those before you met me? I wasn't really working a whole lot of anything, you know. <laughs> you gotcha. Uh, <laughs> bandit signs. You know, I shouldn't say. So, and I'm glad you brought that up. So we were the people that were sending out the, oh yeah, let's, here's a probate. Let's send the letter out. And that was it. And you know what we get now? We got people that say, you know, I, I said, I take the phone call and, you know, are you interested in your house? Well, I wasn't, but you sent me four letters. So <laughs> maybe we are, you know, and, and I know we talked about that too, was just being consistent. And I, I see now, you know, the letters that come in, we get them at the office, you know, they'll come here to the house where people are just, you know, pitching you. And at this point, they're looking you know, whether it's realtors or whoever, they're looking for inventory. And so, hey, we'll buy your house. But I never get more than one from the same person. Ain't that amazing? You never get more than one. And so, you know, I I stress the the multiply factor, that multiplication effect, the repetition. And, you know, someone gets four from you, they go, oh, this guy's serious. He's actually in business. It happens all the time. And so I'm always trying to, you know, like push my students. You get, don't, it, 
what happens is if you worry about the expense of that first letter and you didn't get any results, then people back off. But now you're just like everyone else. You sent something one time and it disappears, you know, like yeah. a bad smell in the wind. Instead, you just keep hitting it again and again, and you, you got to be invested in it. And because that's what the, that's when the gold is coming. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that, that, that's one of the biggest things too, is just being consistent, you know, getting those letters out. And I think, I think we're sending out five per campaign and, you know, we get our best responses from letter three and letter four, you know, after that, you know, they haven't answered by the time we send the fifth one out, not really too much results from, you know, we've kind of filtered through the list. And so the sweet spot plus has been like number three and number four. Okay. To a point now where we can almost predict it, you know, it's like, okay, you know, (laughs) We'll get a couple calls, you know, the, fir- the first one or two that, you know, stop bothering me, you know, what have yeah. you. But the deals come in on the third and fourth letter. <sighs> yes. Yeah. So it's interesting. You got to wait. There's some patience to wait for a third and fourth round. And yeah. what's the, how, how far spread out? The third and fourth round come how we long? Seven, it, it's about 14 to 15 days. Yeah. You're moving them fast. So you still have to wait. Our probates, we do three to four weeks, you know, we try not to hammer them, you know, in between you, you give them a little bit. And, and I'll tell you what we did, Tom, um, we're, we're working on, but I shouldn't say we've done it yet, but it's in process now. So through the surrogates office, I was reaching out and, you know, especially now, I mean, with, with the amount of competition and limited inventory, we're just trying to figure out how to get in front of, you know, some other investors, you know, how to be the front runner. And so I was actually speaking with, my contact in the surrogate's office and the, and the county clerk. And she said, by the time they actually put them up on their website, they're probably, you know, anywhere from 28 to maybe 32 days old already. You know what I mean? So they're not, they're sitting there, they're waiting to get inputted and processed. Yep. I said, what do you, what's the best way? Like, how can we get those? Like when they're the hottest, you know, because now we're trying, we're thinking, you know, let's get out in front of the, not that you want to pressure the people that are grieving, but you want to beat the, the, you know, the real estate agents and everybody else. And so I thought it was a little comical at first. I say comical because the, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Wedding Crashers, but that came to mind where she said, so the best way to get out front and you may not have, you got to do a little bit of digging on your own, but she said, go to all of the funeral home websites in the areas you're working and just, you know, go through the obituaries and not, not everybody puts up an obituary. So I, but you're, there's a, a large amount of people that, you know, you're going to get some background, right? The family, you know, you'll be able to figure out, you know, when they say, you know, predeceased by, you know, are they the last, you know, did their spouse already pass? And so now it's them, you know, there's a good shot. They have all these siblings, you know, you're going to have, you know, family to pass it down to. And so, so we're not going to send a letter to that, but we're going to send a postcard like, hey, cash for your house or looking to sell kind of. So this way, you know, those first couple of weeks when they're like, I don't know what to do now, what do I do about the house? And then a lot of times they call the real, most people call real estate yeah. because they don't know. And so it's just like, we can maybe, you know, trim into that three or four weeks ahead of time just to say, hey, when you're ready, we're here. Gotcha. You yeah, know? that's good. You kind of warm them up and pre-educate them about there's other options. Yeah. Sometimes so, a better option because the house is a mess. It, it's not that, you know, it's not a beautiful listing, but it's fantastic for an, uh, an investor to just come in and take it as is. Yeah. John, you mentioned one other thing when you were 
talking about the uh, phone calls that you get and, you know, waiting the few months before the, you know, that third, fourth round hits, uh, people get nasty with you on the phone. I can't imagine. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, hey, take me off the list or yeah. you know, how many of these you're going to send me or why are you sending me these? And like, we just want to see if you're instance on your house, you yeah. know. So, yeah, there's a pretty simple We've had some challenges. I don't know if you have any experience with the challenges of, I mean, I'm sure you have with the, like the pre-foreclosure lists, you know, where, you know, people, and, and I shouldn't say they don't get nasty. A lot of people are concerned like, wow, you know, hey, I was, but I'm okay now. What do you know that I don't know? You know, yeah. they come and take my house, you know? <laughs> so we're like, listen, you know, don't worry about that. I mean, if you're good, you know, you're good. We're just, your name showed up on a list. You know, we farmed these lists. And so your name showed up. If you're good, that's fine. But listen, if you're ever interested in selling, we're here to help, you know. So basically, you're not, you know, a couple of nasty phone calls. You don't let it, you don't let it knock you down. You just carry on and the rest of the people, you tell them, no, you're not ready yet. It's fine. It'll come back to you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We sometimes, that's our comedy hour. We, we share the calls <laughs> and the experience, you know, and, and it's amazing how much effort people will put in to be nasty. <laughs> And yes. they're probably the ones that you couldn't get a minute of niceness out of them. You know what I mean? If you wanted yep. to. So, so that's interesting too, you know? Yeah. But so you yeah, just have some fun with it. I mean, you get together and laugh yeah. and like I said, comedy hour and, but you don't let it bother you because the next call could be the goal. Yeah. It's funny. We don't even think about it now. Like you mentioned, I had to reflect on it, but yeah, no, just part of the business, you know? Would you, I, well, yeah, would you rather you don't get those calls, but then you also don't make a couple hundred thousand a year? I mean, it, that's what it comes down to. Right. Put up with a few of those for the big payout. And, and you know what? When you start studying like your KPIs or what have you, you almost know when the next nasty call is coming, you know? So you could kind of make a game out of that too if you wanted, you know? Exactly. Like I've told people, they always think it, it sounds a little funny, but I, I say, look, you have to become perversely addicted to nasty phone calls <laughs> because that, that means your marketing's working. People are getting it. The nasty people will call first before the good people call. It's just the way it's going to be. I mean, maybe you get lucky every now and then and you get, a, you know, your first call is a great deal. But most of the time you got to put up with the junk before you get to the good stuff. And it's almost like it's some sort of trial by fire. You got to, you know, you got to go through that to be able to get to the goodness. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, it's funny, you know, we've had the calls where, you know, you, you talk to them the first time and they're, they're angry, you know, why are you calling me? I'm not interested. And then maybe, you know, two, three months later, they're calling you back. Call and, back. Hey, you, know, you still want to buy my house? And I'm like, well, you, I don't know. I mean, you were offended by me, you know, and, and actually, you know, you can build a nice relationship to it. Cause then, you know, if you get the right person, they're actually laughing to, yeah, no, I was a little bit of a jerk or I had some things going on, you know? Yeah. And I tell my sons, I'm like, you know what? It's never about you. It's always about them. You know, it's yes. what, and whether you're making the deal or you're dealing with them, you know, as you're, you're going through it, negotiating, you know, it's whatever is bothering them. You know, it's the distress that, you know, yep. it, it is what's causing their actions. Yep. And, they are reflecting it on you. There's gold in that, in that last statement of yours. It's just, you know, even the nastiest people a couple months later are calling, you know, eating crow for you and saying, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I was a jerk. Buy my house from me, please. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, after a while, you just, I don't know, is it conditioned the right word? I, you know, you just, ex you expect it, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's coming. Like I said, you can almost, we, we can look at the numbers and check the phone calls and say, all right, 
the net. It's almost like, you know, what's that game with the, you know, like roulette, you know, uh, which one's it going to be Yeah, or, or who's going to get it, but it's coming. Yeah. yeah you know, so, it's coming. So what are the, let's kind of close up on some of those numbers. You, you're talking about when you look at numbers, you know, it doesn't have to be exact, just what's your gut feeling, how much outbound marketing equals how many phone calls equals how many turn into deals. So for, I'll keep it silly. So every hundred letters that go out, we get probably five to 10 calls, probably closer to seven mm-hmm. and one to three deals. Okay. And Per hundred letters goes going on. Yes. So fantastic results because you know direct mail industry says you're only really supposed to get one response out of a hundred, and right. a response is not a deal. So your numbers are, are doing fantastic. Yeah. Yep. I think it's targeting the right, you know, having the right, you know, list, pulling the right list, you know, dealing with, you know, that'll lead you to the right, you know, person that you're looking. You're, it tells you you're targeting the right person. Yeah. And, and like I said, the, our results have been, we're right around 3%, which is, you know, thrilled with that. Yeah. Phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And, and multiple errors is great. I, and the letters and postcards that you're sending are out of my kit. It is. Yep. They are. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So you get the, you're getting the market right. You're finding the right people. You're getting the message right because you're using the materials I've given you and you're getting the multi- the multiplication factor, the multiply element, right? Because you're repeating the process. That's what lets you find deals. If yeah. you don't do that, you're not going to find any deals, like you said. Right. And, and, you know, the, in talking with some of the other investors or, you know, people that are having some trouble, you know, I, I said, I, I think your issue is, you know, people say implement and they haven't been implementing. So they're like, let me just throw a hundred letters or a thousand letters or whatever. And. I'm not necessarily, you know, paying attention to where they're going. I'm just getting them out and then I can go say, well, I, I mean, I sent a thousand letters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so they feel like, hey, I'm doing the effort, but I'm still not getting the results. I'm like, well, you need to refine that a little bit. You know, you're not finding, you know, the whole goal here is to find distressed, motivated sellers. You know, the people you're targeting may not be, you know, either of those. And so there's no deals that come with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, amazing. Well, John. Super happy for you. Super psyched for your next upcoming year. I want to thank you for a great interview. Thank you for your candor. I think the amount of detail, uh, people need to listen to this episode a few times to be able to absorb all that and really let that sink in. So it's fantastic. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for asking me to do this. And it's great connecting with you again. And listen, we can't thank you and Carolina enough for what you've done for us. You know, you guys are tops in our books. And, you know, Attending that workshop, meeting you, attending the workshop was the best thing we've ever done. So I'm super glad to hear it. John, take care. Say hi to the whole family, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Yep. Thanks, Tom. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Your next step is to visit GetTractionPodcast.com. Happy wholesaling.